Welcome to CT Church Podcast, where we exist to know Jesus and make Him known. Join us for part one on our new series, Because I'm Thankful. This week, Nick Schrock will be sharing on living a life of generosity. So, who, show of hands, who already has Christmas music going in November? It's Christmas time, all right. Um, So who is like traditional, like Christmas is only in uh, December. December 1st is when Christmas music starts. Anybody? Wow, okay, and the rest of you don't celebrate Christmas, apparently, because half of you didn't raise your hand. Now, um, usually for us, our family, we will wait till, well, my, my wife, Jess, and my, I, our parents live in different states, and so we'll do one Christmas will be in uh, Thanksgiving, the other one will be in December, so we'll start Christmas music maybe mid-November. This year, we had everybody beat because we've been going through some changes. There's been some things. Anybody have plans that get messed up? And this year, a lot of our plans have gotten messed up. So we are actually on Christmas. Our kids have had two Christmases already. Um, There's going to be four total. So they'd have no idea how blessed they are this year. Uh, Just stuff going on. So we actually set up our tree before Halloween, because we're like, you know what? We're just going to knock it out. And... uh, we are ready, so we are ready, and then our Christmas tree usually stays up till February, because who has time to take down a Christmas tree um, in, in January? Um, you know, this time of year, we usually uh, talk about um, Thanksgiving, we talk about outreach, um, and so the title of my message is up there now, it's Because I'm Thankful, and uh, I wanted to even share a little bit more on the nation's impact. You know, usually this time of year, we do something where we want to, um, yeah, we do some type of outreach, and it's not like tradition. It's not, well, we have to, so we need to find a place. Um, and, and a big part of it is we want to reach out, and we want to bless others, but there's a secret reason that we also do it. And every year, really, we want to give you, give us an opportunity to be generous. Like, that's really part of why we do these types of things, where we have a missions wall out there where you can go and, and grab a child, uh, you know, pick a, a picture of a child and take that home and pray for them. Um, it's really to inspire us to be generous this time of year, um, to remember, and that, you know, going start in November and then going into December, that's really our heart is to give back and to give to the people around us. Um, and I want to say, really, uh, you are a generous church. Um, I'm, I'm not, not just saying that. Um, my wife and I, so... In one thing that kind of messed up our plans, not messed up in a good way. Um, we have baby number four coming at the end of November, and so we are very excited about that. And uh, we have didn't expect any baby showers this time. We're like, it's baby number four. Um, we had two unexpected baby showers. Like, half of you came to both. And, like, we have so many diapers. I think we have enough diapers to make it all the way through this whole child. Like, they've never, we're never going to have to buy any. Actually, this morning, somebody gave us diapers. And so thank you for doing that. We just feel so blessed. Like, we really do. Uh, um, and even Pastor Jonathan and I were talking uh, a couple weeks ago. You are just generous people, and so we're thankful for that. Um, we are just thankful that you are a generous church. So what I want to talk about is because, so like I said, oftentimes this time of year, it's Thanksgiving, it's November, we talk about being thankful. Um, 
what I want to talk about is what that thankfulness drives us to do. Like thankfulness, yes, we, we look at all the blessings that God's put in our lives, the things that he's done, but that should cause something in us to take the next step, to go beyond that. And so what I really, the, I do know what the title of my message is. It's not half finished. It's because I'm thankful, I'm generous. I'm generous, and uh, don't worry if you're a guest. This is not that message where it's like we're going to talk about you've got to give. We're going to do a special offering before you all leave. No, it's not, it's not that type of message, even though that's okay. Um, so before we jump into the Word, um, if you'd pray with me, I'm going to pray, and then we'll get into it. So, Lord, we thank you, God. Again, I thank you for today. Thank you for this time that we can get into your word. Lord, um, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts today. Holy Spirit, move in our hearts. Um, draw us closer to you that we'll be more like you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, we are going to be in First Chronicles 29 today. So if you want to flip there, um, no shame if you need to look in your table of contents. It's not one that we typically preach out of. Um, but we're going to be in First Chronicles um, and uh, brief inter- introduction as you're turning there. So way back, a little bit of history, biblical history, way back in the Old Testament, God lived with his people physically. Like today we meet, and this is, we call this the house of God, but we know that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Back then, God lived in a, well, God was in a place, and the place was called the tabernacle. It was a tent that he gave his people um, instructions on how it had to be built. It had to be certain size and different materials and things. And so God said, this is the home I'm going to be in, in with my people. Okay? That was the tabernacle. It was a tent. Many years later, we're going to, moving up to where King David now, so King David is king over Israel, and David's praying to the Lord, and he says, he looks and he says, I'm living in a palace. Lord, why are you living in a tent? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you be in a tent when I'm in this beautiful palace? So he prays and says, God, I would like to build you a temple. I build you a building. And God says, no. Um, the reason he says no, he explains, David, you're a man of war. There's too much blood in your hands. Um, I need a man of peace to build my temple. And I love David's kind of response after that because David's like, okay, I won't build the temple. But David's like one of those like go-getters. Like he's going to get the job done. So he's not going to build the temple, but he's going to collect all the supplies and everything he needs to build the temple so that his son Solomon can build the temple. Okay, so that's where we're at in the story. Um, so we're going to start in verse 1, First uh, Chronicles 29. Then King David turned to the entire assembly and said, My son Solomon, whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, is still young and inexperienced. The work ahead of him is enormous, for the temple he will build is not for mere mortals. It is for the Lord God himself. Take that for a second. So David knows the weight of this. It's not just any other building. This is the building that's going to house the Lord, okay? Verse 2. Using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for building the temple of my God. Now there is enough gold, silver, bronze, iron, and wood, as well as great quantities of onyx, other precious stones, costly jewels, and all kinds of fine stone and marble. Marble. Okay, so did you catch that? He says he's collected all this stuff, but it's important. He says he has enough. So, yeah, I'm just going to do that. So he has enough. They already have all the materials. Because God, God gave them plans. He said, this is what the temple should look like. This is what materials you're supposed to use. It's enough gold here and bronze here and silver. Um, so they, they've already collected enough. So then David takes it a step further. In verse 3, he says, 
And now, because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I am giving all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. This is in addition to the building materials I have already collected for his holy temple. I am donating more than 112 tons of gold from Ophir and 262 tons of refined silver to be used for overlaying the walls of the buildings. Okay, sometimes in the Old Testament, we just, I, go, I gloss over these things, not really think about it. The way that they measured tons, and even the word tons, it's a different measurement back then, but um, the way they measure tons is a little different than we do today, but 112 tons of gold, okay? Um, and for the other gold and silver work to be done by the craftsman, verse 5. Now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? Could you imagine being with David that day where David's like, I'm going to give all my gold and all my silver. Who's going to give with me? And I would, I would just imagine, I'm like, yeah, I've got a couple of tons of gold lying around. I'd like to donate, right? Um, I did some rough 2022 calculations of how much that gold and silver would be worth today. And please don't come find me later if this is wrong. I did the best I could. It's, it's weird because the measurements back then are different than today. But anyway, the best calculation I could come up with, 238 metric tons of silver would be equivalent to $142 million today. That's just the silver. 102 metric tons of gold is $5.1 billion. Like... What? <laughs> like, if you read that and think about it, and I know this is, at the this is at the end of David's kingship, but we know that he didn't give everything because Solomon had more wealth than David did. So, you know, that's just a phenomenal amount. And that, that, God didn't even ask him to do that. They didn't even need that gold or silver. He gave all that on top of what God, what God told them they needed. Okay, so we'll keep going. What did the leaders do? So David offers this to the people. What do they do? Verse 6. Then the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals and captains of the army, the king's administrative officers all gave willingly for the construction of the temple of God. They gave about 188 tons of gold, so more than David, 10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, and 3,750 tons of iron. So... Um, yeah, so it says, if you have your paper, paper Bible, in verse 6 it says, you know, they gave willingly. That's important. I'd underline willingly. Uh, verse 8, they also contributed numerous precious stones. Um, and, yeah, we'll skip to verse 9. The people rejoiced over the offerings, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And King David was filled with joy. Um, Man, it's so important that the people gave freely and willingly. Because what does it say? They were filled with joy. And because of that, David was filled with joy because he was able to give, and his giving inspired other people to give. Um, you know, a verse in the New Testament, oftentimes when we talk about generosity, when we talk about giving, uh, scripture that we look at is 2 Corinthians um, 8 and 9. And 2 Corinthians 9, 7, a lot of you may know it, says in the NLT, you must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, right? I want to be a cheerful giver. I don't want to be someone who gives because I'm pressured to, because I feel like I'm manipulated to. And um, there's a reason here we don't pass the offering plate 
We don't pass the basket. That's not a bad thing. I know other churches do that, and that's totally fine. The reason that we don't do that is we don't want you at all to feel pressured. We don't want you to feel like we are somehow twisting your arm or telling you, you know, David gave, so you should give, and we're going to build this place, and how much gold do you have? And, you know, we're not, that's not what we're trying to do. Uh, We don't want to rob you of an opportunity to give, and so that's why you can give online, and there's a a box in the back where you can give cash and check. And so we want to give you that, but our heart and our goal is that because we're, because of our gratitude, you know, our generosity is a response to the gratitude that we have for the Lord because of what he's done in our lives. We were singing about it this morning, the goodness of God, because whenever he takes a heart and changes our lives, that the overflow of our heart, the overflow of what we want to do then is to give back to him. That's, that's our desire as, as leadership and as a church. Um, you know, part of giving is it fills, with, fills us with joy. You know, giving is fun, um, anybody in here a gift person? Anybody who's like, giving is my love language? Um, my wife, a hundred percent, is a gift giver. Uh, it'll usually be It'll usually be in June or July, and she'll start looking around, and she's pretty thrifty, but she'll look around, and if she sees something that the kids might like, she'll be like, hey, do you think one of our kids would like this for Christmas? And I'm like, yeah, maybe. Um, and so then we'll, she'll buy things throughout the year just because just she likes to give gifts. And so she'll get all the way to November, December and be like, hey, we should look in that secret spot where we keep all those gifts that our kids probably know about by now, that secret spot under our bed. They're not in this service, so they don't, you know, they wouldn't hear it right now anyway. They're upstairs. But um, that secret spot. And so we'll pull out all the gifts. And we'll be like, oh, my goodness, there's so many gifts here. We'll have to save some of these for next year because we don't want to spoil our kids. There's too many things. Um, but she's just a gift giver. And uh, anybody, I, I don't know, I, we run into this every Christmas. We haven't, haven't even had this conversation yet. But I'll be like, all right, I'm black and white. I'm like, how many gifts are we doing this year? Like, is it going to be five gifts? Is it going to be six gifts? And we'll be like, five gifts. Okay, it's five gifts. And then it'll be, you know, Christmas Eve. She'll be like, well, I actually have seven for you. I'm like, well, then why did we come up with a number? But, uh, but I love that. I love that about her. And uh, I do enjoy giving gifts to my kids. Don't get me wrong. Um, giving gifts, you know, that's, there's a reason we've been doing that for hundreds of years and holidays because, you know, it's fun. It's fun. I enjoy, as a dad, getting to look and see the, the look on my kid's face whenever I've really put thought and effort into a gift, and I get to give it to them, right? Um, it brings me joy as a dad, and, and as a husband, I, I try. I think I've done pretty well. I don't think I've ever given just like, a toaster for our anniversary or something like that, so I, I usually try to put some thought into it, or I give her something that she'll really enjoy, but... Um, but, but it's fun, and so it's, it's cool to see in this, in this context that David's generosity inspired all the people to give above and beyond what he gave, because it's fun to give. It's, it's something that God's put inside of us where he, it's, it's an exciting thing. And so for Jess and I, whenever we give to church, we try to teach our kids, you know, we try to, try to model that for them, that our generosity comes and we're not, you know, stressing out when we're writing the, the tithe check or we're not like, oh, I really wish I, you know, I'm sorry, we can't get that, th- that bike for you because we're in our tithe check. It's, it's, it's really, um, we just want to show them and model for them the, the, you know, what God's done in our lives is important. And so to be able to give back to him is important as well. Um, so, so the joy, but then even more than that, David, uh, we actually see David's motives and why he would give such an extravagant gift. Why he would give so much above and beyond what, um, what he had to, what God was asking him to give. So we'll keep going. 
If you follow me in verse 10, it says, Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. O Lord, the God of our ancestors, ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord. And this is your kingdom. We adore you as one who is over all things. Okay, did you catch that? So he says, everything. Everything. Everything on the earth, everything that's created belongs to the Lord. Right? That's David's heart. That's where David's come to in his life, where at this point he's looking back and he's saying, you know, everything I have is really, it really belongs to you. Verse 12. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion people are made great and given strength. O oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you gave us uh, first, what you gave us. And so, you know, David, this is, this is King David. This is one of the most powerful, definitely the powerhouse of the day, um, and one of the most influential leaders of the ancient world. Like, we still look back, even people who don't know the Bible, who haven't gone to church, they know, they've heard of David and Goliath. Like, they've heard of, historians know of King Solomon, who's David's son, King Solomon's wealth. And so, David's saying, who am I that you put me in this position? Who am I that I could even give back to you, that you blessed us so much? Um, Verse 16, he says, O Lord our God, even this material we have gathered to build a temple to honor your holy name comes from you. It all belongs to you. You know, it's funny because thinking back, we look at that 5.1 billion or whatever that number was, the amount of gold. But David's like, it's all yours anyway. We can never give you enough to say thank you for what you've done for our people. Like, we can never give enough back to you because... It's, it's all his anyway. You know, many scriptures, when they talk about bringing offerings to the Lord, the word they use is actually, we bring the offering to the Lord. We can't give an offering to the Lord because it's his. Like, we can't give to him. We just bring what he's blessed us with. We bring a portion of that back to him. Um, so verse 17, um, and um, we'll, we'll close after that. Verse 17, um, I know, my God, that you examine our hearts and rejoice when you find integrity there. You know I have done all, th- all this with good motives, and I have watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyously. So I, I just imagine that at this point, David's looking back over his life. And David, um, you know, he's the psalmist. He, he wrote most of the psalms that we have in the book of Psalms. And David's looking back and just it, all, all the psalms of gratitude that he writes to the Lord. You know, he says, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my savior, Psalm 18. Psalm 23, a lot of us know, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. Like David's looking back and he's like, all this gold, all this silver, I've just got to give it back to the Lord because I'm so gracious. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for what he's done in my life. Um, here's a quote that I came across when I was uh, studying for this message. Um, it says, The degree to which I see everything as a gift determines the degree to which I give. I'll say that one again because it's, it's really, that one really, that one really hit me. The degree to which I see everything as a gift determines the degree to which I give.
And I think that's really true. Um, you know, in my, in my spiritual walk, just looking back and looking at, you know, all the things that God's done, um, you know, it's, it's all because of him. It's all um, what he's done. And so just, just recognizing that it all belongs to him anyway, everything I've been given. Um, you know, David understood that God is generous. Um, David understood that whenever he was being generous, he was actually imitating his father. Like, he was imitating God. Um, you know, if, if you look through the, the, the narrative of the Bible, all the way back to Genesis, God is the creator. He, he gave us life. Um, he gave Adam and Eve life. He breathed his breath into Adam to, bring, to give him life. He gave Adam and Eve dominion over the earth to work the soil, to bring up fruit, uh, to bear fruit and a joyous creation. Um, even in the New Testament, you know, Jesus humbled himself. We thought recently that, you know, again, this time of year is when we talk about Christmas and Jesus coming. And so God, the creator God, would come and humble himself and become a man, one of his creation. You know, he gave, he gave that position, uh, uh, Jesus gave that position up and to become a human and then Hebrews 12, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. So he gave himself willingly. He gave his life so that we could know him. And you know, even Jesus gives us gifts. Jesus gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, that, that is speaking to us, changing us, empowering us. Um, you know, all I have and all you have is a gift from the Creator. You know, if you've been following Jesus for a long time or, or a little while, I just encourage you to think back to when you first started following him. Um, through this message, I was just thinking about um, my life. And, uh, you know, before I came to the Lord, I was a pretty miserable young man. Um, I had low self-esteem, and I thought life in general was pretty meaningless. Um, you know, I had no purpose. But God redeemed me. And that word redeemed just means he, he, he paid the price. You know, God restored me. God gave me purpose. He gave me, he said that I had value. He said I had a, he had a plan for my life. Um, you know, if he never did another thing for me, I could never thank him. Thank him enough. Um, but he will continue to bless me. He'll continue to bless you because he's a generous God. He wants to give gifts to his kids. He wants to give gifts to his people. Because he doesn't have to. You know, sometimes, uh, like I said, he gave me a plan for my life. Sometimes our plans get a little bit messed up. I don't know about anybody else. Uh, this year, our plans have gotten kind of messed up. There's been things that we weren't expecting um, that came along. And, um, you know, some people I know, even in the room here, um, have moved, are moving, have changed jobs, even changing careers. I know for Jess and I, we look at each other. Sometimes we're like, it just feels like it's out of control right now. There's just so much we, have, we don't have control over. But um, what I want to do is, this is first a challenge for me, but also a challenge for, for everyone here, is, uh, you know, one thing you can control is what you can do with, with what you've been given. Sometimes we can't control how much we have of resources. And I'm not even just talking about money, but also time. Like for me, time is a big deal. Like for me to give up time to someone out of my schedule, like I've only got so much time in my week and I really wrestle with that sometimes. And I'll feel like the Holy Spirit's saying, you should really call that person up and spend time with them. I'm like, yeah, but I really wanted to go take a nap or I really wanted to go do something else. 
Um, and, and it doesn't, it's not even someone outside of your family. Like for me, sometimes you know, I've got three kids, four on the way, and I'll just look back after weeks and weeks of work and I'll be like, man, have I intentionally spent time with my kids? Have I intentionally spent time with my wife? And, uh, you know, generosity, you know, God's generous. And so again, the Daisy Project, what we have out there for India, that's just one opportunity. Like again, we, we want to give you opportunities to be generous. And again, you're, you're just generous people. I can't say that enough. But, um, but one way that uh, Pastor Al, uh, Pastor, Pastor Al, that was going way back, Pastor Jonathan and, uh, Pastor Jonathan and um, Laura have been sharing is to add value to someone. And so I just want to encourage you to do that. Um, that, you know, sometimes adding value is just taking that time. Even maybe it's even after a Sunday service, going out to lunch with somebody, you know, paying for their lunch, um, spending time, again, spending time with a family member that really needs it or that friend that really needs it, you know, because um, God is a generous God. Um, and I want to emulate him. I want to follow um, him in the way that I live my life, and especially, um, especially with the people I love. So, um, would you all stand with me, real quick, and then we'll we'll sing one final song. Lord, I thank you, God. I thank you for today, Jesus. We thank you that you are so so generous, um, God. Um, you've done so much in our lives, Lord, just to take us out of the kingdom of darkness to bring us into the kingdom of light to call us a son and a daughter. Lord, we thank you for how good you are today. God, we want to honor you, to worship you, to bless you. God, we know that we just we just bring our worship before you, God. We can never do enough to give to you, but we bring what we have, and we know that you are pleased with that. So, Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on our CT Church podcast. Join us next week for part two of our Because I Am Thankful series. Make sure to check us out on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, or our website at christtriumphant.org. We hope you have a great day, and we'll see you next time.